There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I take you for a ride on the devil's ship. I take you for a ride where you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this story begin. Ted Bird in studio, host of the morning show, host on Light 105. Is it 104? It's 104, right? I don't know. It's up there somewhere. Light FM. 1067. 109. Um, also, <laughs> uh, a legend of Canadian broadcasting. I don't know about that. You are, whether you like it or not. I, I'll, t- I'll take legend of Montreal broadcasting. Well, here's what and I will if, say. If I'm a legend, it's only because I've managed to sur- survive in the industry for 45 years, an industry where most people are in and out within five years. I will tell you my professional assessment. Had you not told everyone around you to go fuck themselves, you would have had this city eating out of the palm of your hand. But you are cut from my cloth. Yeah, well, so we, we, we burn all the bridges we yeah, don't like. Yeah, two yeah. flamethrowers, one in each hand. Yeah. We're, we're bad at business. What do you want, Poseidon? Then may the bridges you burn light the way. Yeah, there They're you light go. someone's way. Yeah. <laughs> but standing by, very good podcast. People love it. Yeah, we're having fun with that, and uh, I was watching uh, the latest episode today and uh, saying to myself, hey, we're pretty good. You are very good. <laughs> yeah, It's not bad. It's a good podcast. Well, Terry and I have, Terry and I have reached <clears throat> um, don't give a fuck uh, territory, right? We don't give a fuck. We, well, we care about putting out a good product, but we don't care what people think anymore. Which is how you should be. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is who we are, and this is what we do. And we definitely have an audience. Uh, I don't know how much of a the challenge for us and for guys our age and guys who've been around for as long as we have is to build a new and younger audience. I have a plan for standing by, but it involves first successfully, I need to successfully seduce Terry DeMonte into moving back to Montreal. And then what I would like is standing by to be minimum a weekly show with monthly live events that we're going to be hosting. To coin a phrase... Stand by. Yeah, there you go. Stand by. I, I, have, a, I have a long-term plan for standing by because essentially what I wanted to do is I wanted to replace uh, the actual radio need for you guys. Whoever liked him on show, whoever liked you, they can actually get you with modern topics. Kind of like how the morning show is topical. Yep. Standing by would be topical as well because it wouldn't be pre-recorded. At max, it would be pre-recorded a day or two. Yeah. But that's I would, amazing. I would love to do that. And again, the challenge for us is to be relevant and topical to a younger audience. And I was saying to someone the other day, working with uh, Poseidon and George on the morning show, I was watching that the other day thinking to myself, Christ, I could be both of their fathers. Yeah. Like George is 20 years younger than me. Poseidon is 30 years younger than me. And, and yet we were relating and uh, having fun and laughing. And I thought to myself, okay, we can, uh, I know Terry can relate to a younger audience. Terry can relate to anybody. That's what made him such a successful broadcaster. Well, I mean, look, as soon as so you on. walk out of the studio, you're Poseidon's father. That's what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> he feels it. That's my dad. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people like it. People are having fun. Uh, I think the, the younger audience comes with topical stuff. Mm-hmm. So if it would be... Uh, just you two for most of the episodes, and you'd be just shooting the shit on WhatsApp, like you would on the radio, except uncensored, and then we'd clip those and put those up. Those are going to bring in the younger people because all they care about is what's happening now. Yeah. Whereas old men like myself care about stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's, I think that there's there's probably a balance to be had somewhere where you can appeal to older and younger demogra- demographics. You can talk about topical things, things that are going on, and you can reminisce, and you can and you can storytell. I... I you don't think that young people want to hear a good story if it's no, they a, do. Good sto- a good story well told? Doesn't anybody enjoy a good story well told? Yeah, but from what I, I learned uh, in these classes that YouTube gives out, they, mm-hmm. they give these uh, little seminars, Oh yeah, is that the attention span yeah, of the yeah. youth is absolutely destroyed. So you need 30 seconds to a minute clips. Right. They get irritated and tired for something that's over a few minutes. They're a different breed. 
I'm not saying it's good. It's actually insane yeah. for productivity in the future. Yeah. That's why we have to move towards AI because these kids, they're not going to do any of the jobs. They're angry. I, 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 was, um, I went to drop off my dog Saturday morning so she could get groomed. And then I went to get a cup of coffee because I was going to Goslin. I wanted to get some microphones. And I went by Laval, the uh, Tim Hortons drive-thru. The, the kid, he was like a teenager serving me, already from the speaker, was angry. He was just mad that he was there. Really? Yeah, it was, it was essentially, it was in French, but it was like, what do you want? I was like, a coffee. Okay, is that it? Is that like, he was very angry, but not at me. It had nothing to do with me. He was just mad at life, at being there, which well, I he, get. I used then to do he that shouldn't job. be there. There you go. He shouldn't be there. What are you going to do? Surely to God, there must be uh, somebody else who'd be, who'd be happy to do that job, or if not happy, at least not miserable. Well, you know who it's going to be? It's going to be the robots. Now, you, ju- you had just said that's why we got to move to AI. Is that what you're talking about? AI mm-hmm. and, and service? And, and everything. It's, it's, it's not that I want it to happen uh, from everything I read and everything I, I knew from when I used to work in virtual reality and augmented reality. That's the push. That's where we're going, whether we like it or not, because it's easier to control at a mass scale. So if everything's automated and you just have the controllers on top, it's way easier to make changes. What's everybody else going to do then? The controllers got something to do. What are the rest of us going to do? Uh, you want to hear, you, you want me to put it nicely? Or <laughs> you're going to shut the fuck up. You're going to consume uh, as little as you can. You're going to get your nice little monthly wage from the government to so you can live. Uh, and then you better think of something. It's outside a science the fiction movie. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, a 1970s science fiction movie come to life. Mm-hmm. But people, we, they test it out. People are already willing to give up their, their freedoms and their, secure, and their um, uh, privacy for security. The second we did that, we we opened the door. We told them what we're willing to take, how much we're willing to take, how much the majority are willing to take, and it's a lot. So they're going to push it. Benjamin Franklin said something about that, about giving up uh, freedom for security, and I can't remember what it was. I was very he said young. anyone was, who gives up freedom for security doesn't deserve either. Yeah. So yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That might be paraphrasing it a little bit. Yeah. Like I say, I was very young when he said it, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, you it's were difficult very... for me to remember. <laughs> yeah, Poseidon, I'm pretty sure it's it's roughly that. Goddamn Yahoo. <laughs> if you give up uh, your freedom for security, you don't uh, deserve uh, either one, I think. Yeah, you deserve neither. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fucking scary. Yeah. I don't like that. Like, I'm not going to be around, but I, that's, not a, that's not a world I want for my kids. I don't like it either. But the more I see, the the more I realize that people don't, uh, people are idiots. They they love being just part of the group. So everything that we know now that was false two years ago, that they were even suppressing on the internet, you couldn't talk about that. Now it's just you know that it's the truth. People who are spewing misinformation don't apologize. They pretend like it never happened. We pretend that those two years never happened. We just don't want to talk about the fuck ups about uh, the pandemic, about the pandemic yeah. and everything we fucked up on all the stuff that we knew. The Fauci shit, the yeah. the lab. Remember, it didn't come from a lab. That's a conspiracy theory. Not only do we know where it came from, we know who was funding the lab. We know that it was illegal. We know all this stuff now. Yeah. No one's paying for it. It's it's very it's very weird. This weird. Well, you uh, know whose fault that is that there's no that there's no uh, consequences. That's the media. That's the yeah. media's job. It's the media's job to say. Listen, here's what really happened. Here's who fucked up and here's how they fucked up. That's the media's job. And the media used to do that. The media used to be the watchdog on behalf of the people. Now the media are the gatekeepers on behalf of the people who are in charge. They're running interference. Which is disgusting. Yeah, and I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but uh, I don't don't think I'm wrong. And I'm I'm certainly not the only one who says that. A A lot of veteran polished professional investigative journalists uh, of my age and my generation feel that way. They look at journalism today and they say, holy fuck, man, they've lost their way. Like you want to lose your mind right now? Hunter Biden. So remember the laptop? Yeah. Okay, so it, they were trying to tell people the laptop thing is a hoax because they, really, they really wanted Joe Biden to win the election. Okay. So they were not just running interference, they were spreading disinformation, saying all oh, this is fake, the photos are doctored, it's not really him. Uh, and the photos that we're talking about is him with, with uh, prostitutes, with a gun to these uh, sex traffic victims, a gun to their head, mm-hmm. uh, just doing cocaine, pulling out millions of dollars uh, in the Ukraine, in, in China, just debaucherous stuff, threatening Chinese officials, being like, you know who my dad is, you know who he's going to become, all that stuff. As soon as, as uh, Biden wins, then people start retracting because like, okay, they're going to find out it was real. Now it comes out, not only was it real, the laptop, all the whole story was real. It wasn't a hoax. Even though all these newspapers, New York Times, they all lied as if it was a hoax. 
Now it comes out that he did even worse things, and they're trying to get him on tax evasion. Just, that's how they get a lot of people, it's tax fraud, tax evasion. Yeah. Uh, he might go to jail for 14 or 17 years. And now the narrative with these journalists is they wouldn't be doing this if his name wasn't Biden, as if he's getting a harder sentence because he's a Biden. If he wasn't a Biden, yeah. he wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah. He wouldn't have made it this far. Dude, smoking crack, spending millions of dollars on crack and whores and all. There's no one, if they're not a Biden, that would make it this far. It's crazy how they're spinning it. It's the opposite. It's the fact that a Biden is, is the fact that he's still around. It's nuts. Yeah, and the, the 2024 election cycle in the United States is going to be awfully, awfully interesting. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to make 2020 look like a fucking kid's party. I heard a rumor. Oh, boy. That Trump is trying or thinking, he was asked by his wife to tap Tucker Carlson for VP. I listened to Tucker Carlson oh. on Megyn Kelly on the way here today. What did he say? Um, he was, I was so only sort of half listening, but he didn't, he did not sound committed. It doesn't sound like it's, he doesn't need, it's the, not for he, him. he doesn't need or want the headaches. No, no. I think he just likes to sit on the sidelines and, uh, and comment. I like him. I think that he's, I think his, I always find his commentary to be very well thought out and yeah. fair. I like Tucker Carlson. Yeah. I think he's funny. I, I think he's funny. I think he's smart. And I think he's above all else. I think he's fair. And, uh, you know, people who say, oh, he's a right wing, he's a far right Nazi. Yeah, everyone's a far right Nazi. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, like, on what grounds do you say that about Tucker Carlson? To me, he's just a smart guy who has conservative leanings and makes a lot of sense. It, no, none of it. The I think now if you call someone a right wing Nazi, you sound insane because we, we kind of know. I hope so. I yeah. hope the pendulum has swung back to that point. Yeah, because that's it's just like, you know, calling someone a racist now. You're a racist. No, Here's another thing from the pandemic when uh, when Trudeau called the truckers. Right, all the Sikhs. They're racist. All these Indian Pakistanis that are getting our goods yeah. delivered from one side of the country to the other. These, these white supremacist brown people. Yeah. It's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and on what grounds? On what grounds? And you see, that's something where the media should have called him out, and they didn't. Everything, but the freezing, the bank accounts, yeah. all the. Uh, the fact that most of society stood by when that happened, that is so, the fact that you allowed it to happen, even if you hated them. So let's say there's, there's people right now that I don't like, I don't like their political stance or, you know, I cannot allow the government because I don't like them to freeze their bank accounts, no. take away, it, 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 jail them without cause. I can't allow that to happen because that's crazy. That That's insane. We're not living in a free country and we let it happen because so many people were upset at the honking. It's, it's disgusting. That's when that's when I think Canada became an embarrassment. And they're still talking about it now. I see other leaders from other countries still making fun of Trudeau in Canada about that. No one could take it seriously anymore. And I, you have to admit, you have to call a spade a spade. The truth is, they're right because we didn't do what we should have done. Uh, most people just went along with it. Uh, I was talking about it on the podcast with him, but we were just being called anything you want: uh, conspiracy theorists, yeah. right wingers, Nazis, whatever. Because I said we shouldn't freeze people's bank accounts for protesting, which in a democratic country we're allowed to do. And this was as it was happening that you guys were, yeah. Oh yeah, I was yeah. going crazy. Yeah, if you did that now, people would be, people would not, you know, they know better now. Now like, they know better, yeah, but at the but, time but they keep your fucking head down now. Yeah, not you, them. them yeah, yeah. yeah, but at the time, like, no, they're Nazis, and I remember them saying that they're Nazis while they were panning to these, uh, and a lot of them for Park X, these Sikhs with their turbans, and they were calling them white supremacists, and I was like, does the news not see that this is a parody? You can't call a guy no. with a turban a white supremacist. Well, again, call that, him a brown supremacist or a white enthusiast, but don't like this is crazy. That goes to, back to, to, to uh, be fair. That goes back to a compliant media. Sorry, Poseidon. It's okay, it's okay. To be fair, the Nazi symbol did come from India. All right. Conspiracy confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say about the media? I have no idea. They're compliant. They, they're compl well, they're they compliant. Are. Yeah, it goes back to the to the compliant media. The, like the the one that really bowled me over was when they brought in the mounted police and they trampled the the old lady with the walker, the <laughs> yeah. old native lady with the walker. They fucking ran her right over. You know, I it mean. doesn't. It's neither here nor here there necessarily that she was that she was native. But I just thought that that was an added exclamation point. Now we're now we're okay with trampling old native ladies with walkers because they're protesting against uh, mandates. vaccine mandates. And that's another thing. No, the, the, the another lie at the time they said they were protesting vaccines, which is not the case. They're protesting a mandate. Yeah. So if if you if you want to be a vegan, this is the only way I could give a good example is if you want to be a vegan. It's one thing to say you're not going to eat meat. That is perfectly fine. No one's going to stop you. The second you start saying no one 
yeah. is allowed to eat meat. That's when it gets weird. And that's what they were doing. They said a mandate. They said, just don't force people. Yeah. And we made, not myself, but most of the media made them seem like they were lunatics. What? You don't want us to force experimental shit on your kids? What are you, a Nazi? Like, yeah. it was crazy. Crazy. And then now that uh, we, we've, another thing I found out last week, fucking Poseidon, you want to get pissed off? You know that a huge chunk of parliament lied? They never got vaccinated? And the reason why they never got vaccinated, they said it was for religious reasons. But we were told that religious reasons, it was not a reason to exempt us. But, really? but if you were in the parliament, it was. No way. Yeah, dude, people are stupid. What was the religion? Or was it varied? Yeah, it was varied. Uh, Satanism. It was, no, it was religious purposes. You don't get it. So anybody, you could have said anything. You could have said, I'm Christian. I don't believe in this. Like, I'm right. Hindu. I don't believe. You could have said whatever. You go, my religion. They can't stop you. But anyways, it's just, it was disgusting what happened. This goddamn country. So parliamentarians were allowed to do that, but nobody else was. Mm -hmm. Well, that's horse shit. Yeah, well, yeah. welcome to Canada. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a wiggly world. I remember when, uh, when Ukraine first started. Yeah. I took, uh, someone had posted a map of Europe. Um, uh, that uh, I think I think the borders were marked, but the countries were not named. And so I put it up on Twitter and I said, uh, "Find Ukraine." People went fucking ballistic. They couldn't find it. Was huge. No, no, Ukraine they, is huge. <laughs> they went ballistic, like they were angry at me. What are you saying? What are you saying? And I'm, that's like Ted. Do you know that I don't know? Are you trying to say that you know that I don't know? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is you can't find it on a fucking map. So shut the fuck up. That's what I'm saying. And people really got offended by that. And it's. I think it was a case of you know I hit a little too close to home there. I don't appreciate you calling me out on my bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, but I remember that was a time when we found out that the Nazi battalions they had there, and I was like, okay, so now we're with the Nazis. Is that what's happening? Yeah. 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 Uh, and like, we're not with the Nazis. We're just going to bring them to Parliament. Yeah, give them a standing <laughs> ovation. Standing ovation. Yeah. We're not with the Nazis. It's, it's such a weird time to to be alive. You, you, but I, I saw the younger generation. You know what I'm talking about, Poseidon. They're kind of switching. They're getting more based. Like, they're looking into it. And they're like, this is some horseshit. Yep. Like, yeah, they're I, going against the grain. I see it a lot on TikTok. Yeah. Where, but the, the, the thing is, what happens is they go so against the grain. Yeah, they're going to go hardcore. They're, they're like gonna... too much. Like, they go, like, when they go the racist route, they go super racist. Or they'll go super sexist. Or I believe that, yeah. Because you, you pushed it so far left. Yeah. It's going to come super far. It's We're going to have a, a weird couple. Like, we're going to have a weird 20 years. And what's crazy is uh, I'll notice these videos. They're not actually, if they go super racist, they're not actually racist. They just find it funny that people are mad. Yeah, which is insane. You know what I love? <laughs> they're just like, ah, look at you. You're mad. And then they're like, fuck you. It's like what we were doing in the 80s, 90s, let's say, the society, but like on crack, like crazy yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been seeing like a N words drop like it's in broad daylight, like it's nothing, like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Brought daylight. Besides, you got to do it in the dark. They, they, they're not supposed to know where it came from. Yeah. Drive by. My, my own kids generally. Uh, well, I guess it varies from from one to the next. Like Sam, my son, uh, my eldest son, he doesn't give a shit. Really, he's not. He's not invested in uh, in in the, camp. in the culture wars at all. He just he wants to do what you guys do. He wants to be a creator, but his. What he wants to do is is non political. It's got like he wouldn't sit down and have this conversation. He would sit. He'd be willing to sit down and have this conversation, but it's not. Oh, it's not his goal. It's not, it's not his. For. Yeah, it, it's not his thing. I've got a daughter, my eldest, who lives in France, and uh, I don't have the conversations with her because she's quite far left, mm -hmm. and I and she's PhD candidate in art history. Oh, so you know she comes from academia. She she's quite woke. So. Whenever I'm with her and Sam, uh, if politics comes up, Sam goes, no, dad, no, no, <laughs> don't do it, dad. But how, how, uh, how woke is she? Uh, well, I don't know. Like if you discuss manpower, she's like, are you saying women don't have power like that much? Well, 10 years, 10 years ago, she was, uh, she's probably mellowed in the, she's 33 now. She's probably mellowed oh, she's in the last, young. yeah, she's still young, but she's probably mellowed in the last 10 years. She's out of academia for one thing. She's married and she's, uh, she's not in university anymore. And, uh, and she's living, uh, and she's living in France where, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I, I get the feeling that in France, there's a lot of unrest, right? Oh, there's people, a shit ton yeah, of unrest. People, people are not, people are not happy with Macron and that left-wing government. Oh. I, and I don't know where she stands because I don't, 
it's not that I don't dare. I just, uh, I couldn't be bothered having the conversation with her. It's, uh, I don't, I don't want the aggravation in case we, um, yeah, you don't want to argue with your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And then my, my second boy, he's, he's kind of like me. He's like, get a haircut, get a real job. And, uh, and my, my 15 year old, I think all she wants to do is smoke reefer. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. You have a young, young daughter. too. Yeah. I got a daughter who's 15. She'll be 16. And she's a hippie. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She's a bit of a thrill. Is she artistic? She is. Yeah. She's okay. very funny. When she was, when she was like four or five years old, she had an imaginary husband named chief. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And she, I thought to myself, this kid should be like, a an author or a movie maker. Like the stories that she would make up about chief were unbelievable. Either that or you got ghosts in the house. Yeah. <laughs> that could be as well. But now she's, she's moved on from chief now and she wants to be, uh, she wants to run uh, a senior citizens home. Oh, she loves senior citizens. I appreciate that. Yeah, isn't that cool? And yeah, that's very cool. In her spare time, she does. Th- I think it's a project she does through her school. Once or twice a week, she goes to uh, a senior citizens home on the West Island, and she spends some time with this ninety-year-old woman named Katya. I believe her name is. She's Hungarian. She speaks four or five languages. She's got three or four master's degrees. I believe she's 90 years old and she's basically sitting in the old folks home kind of waiting to die, you know, which is sad, but that's, I guess that's, that's what it is for a lot of people when they, when they get to that age. But Allie goes and visits her and spends time with her every, uh, every week or, or two times a week. And, um, my ex-wife was telling me that, uh, the woman's in the hallway waiting for Allie when she gets there. Well, people need a uh, human connection. You need yeah. someone to talk to. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's the it's it's the nicest thing, and it makes me proud as a dad, obviously, that that she has that empathetic streak in her because she's otherwise. If I didn't know she had that, I just think that she's too cynical. Like she's you know she's a she's a sarcastic fifteen year old girl, right? Good. But she's got this she's got this soft empathetic streak in her for the elderlies, as she calls them. Her grandmother's in a senior citizen's home as well, but her grandmother suffers from dementia. She doesn't know what's going on. Well, she's like, she's kind of in and out, you know, she's, uh, I think that's a progressive, that gets progressively worse. And she's, you know, she still has some awareness. The last time I saw her was about, I don't know, a few months ago. And and Allie said to her, do you know who this is? And she said, of course, I know my own son-in-law. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think she thinks that her... uh, her daughter and I are still married, which we're not. But uh, anyway, she she's older. She, doesn't believe in yeah, divorce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she recognized me. Yeah, it's it's sad to see though, man. It's um, age of the years are unforgiving, eh? They're just unforgiving. This is a woman who, when she was younger, like in the nineteen sixties and seventies, movie star beautiful, movie star beautiful, and now she's elderly and frail and suffers from dementia. The years are just fucking unforgiving, man. They're just unforgiving. The years are b- brutal, and so is kind of societal life now. Because uh, I often think about that in the, for the old folks' home. It's it's very sad if you don't have anyone, if either you just don't have a good relationship with your family, with your kids, yeah. or you don't have any, you're alone, and you're just stuck. It's kind of like you're in a, a a high school for shitty kids, yeah, and they won't let you out, yeah. And you must get like I I, I take my walks uh, around the neighborhoods here in the summer, and there's an old folks' home. That there's one old man that every like it was kind of like time like every time I'm taking my walk, he's out, he's in a wheelchair smoking, mm-hmm. just sitting there. He doesn't seem too old though, just sitting smoking and uh, looking at stuff on his phone. And he just want his excuses like he says he's gonna go for the cigarette, obviously, but you could see that he's saving it. He's just staying to look at stuff on. He just wants to be outside. Right. He just wants to feel like I- I'm part of something. Yeah. Because then once you go inside, it's done. You know, you're in there. You're it's like a classroom. It's just you're forgotten. Like you live your whole life. And then if you don't have people around you to take care of you, they just put you somewhere and like, I would just, you're on the shelf now. Yeah. Well, that's, I think you got to pay it forward and you got to nurture, you got to nurture your relationships. You know, like I I try to have a good relationship with all my kids because, uh, you know, they're the ones who are going to be stuck with me. Right. When the time comes, um, I call my mom, my mom lives in New Brunswick and she's 90 years old. And, uh, I call her every week and speak to her and she really appreciates it because, I don't think my brother and sister, my sister lives right next door to her, same house, like the house we grew up in. And my mom built a, what's called a granny suite in addition 
so that she could live there. And my sister and her husband bought the house from her. But she says she never sees my sister. Like they oh. live in the same house and she hardly ever she hardly ever sees her. So I think of that as kind of paying it forward because I know when I call her, she always thanks me for calling her. And, and I can tell from her voice that she really appreciates uh, that I that I made the effort because otherwise she's sitting in that place by herself. So, you know, to me, that's paying it forward. Yes, we want, uh, me and the wife, uh, if the market stabilizes to get a house that's big enough to have that little, uh, like, en suite, so she has, like, a mini apartment, bring my mom along as well, uh, just so that she's close. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. Sam's going to be fabulously successful as a creator, and uh, he's going to build a house big enough for all of us. Let's see what happens with that Bill C-11. I was, you know J.J. McCullough? Yes. I like J.J. I do, too. Good, good kid. And he spoke again in front of that committee, the CRTC committee, yesterday, I believe, yesterday, because they kind of they pushed C11, it's passed, and now they're just looking at how they're going to implement it. And the argue, I could tell that the women he was speaking with, the women on that board, don't know what they're talking about, and it, and it hurt my feelings because I was looking at it, I go, this is why they're pushing this. They don't even know what they're doing. They're just tell me talking what C11 nonsense. is exactly. So C11 was the bill that Trudeau was trying to push. Essentially, it's to censor us and to throttle it's us. It's an internet bill. Yeah, for for it's basically the federal government to take control of internet media and creators, social media, just the way they do with the the other broadcasters, CBC Radio, all that. So, so, so we it's all kind of an internet it. version of the CRTC. Yeah, the CRTC would actually take it over. Okay. Uh, and we know how much good work the CRTC yeah. does. Everything yeah. goes to shit. And in the hearing, this is what's crazy, they were telling him, they were even, they were admitting that they're useless because at one point they even tell him, well, look, you know, a traditional media, because of you guys, as if it's online creators that ruined radio and regular TV, it's not. The CRTC ruined it with all their garbage. Uh, it's suffering because of you guys. So what would you suggest that they do so that they stay relevant in this? They're asking a kid who's making videos online, what can we do to run the CBC better? It's so, it's disgusting to watch. The reason why it's not working is because of you people. You out of touch uh, gatekeepers yeah. and they were saying what if, if we're not around and the CRTC isn't around then Canadian artists won't get pushed but it's the opposite because they as far as I've seen unless you fit a certain mold at the time or right now I don't look like that mold they'll gatekeep you so they're not helping artists they're helping push agendas and that's why it's not working that's why they're losing money that's why the CBC is losing money the radio stuff the Radio Canada it's all garbage that's why people don't go to it and now they're trying to attack online creators they want to throttle if you're not Canadian enough, if your content is deemed un-Canadian or not Canadian enough, so they can get YouTube to like throttle you so you don't get pushed out to other Canadians. It's crazy. It's it's 100% yeah, censorship. It is, and it's bullshit. And, you know, if legacy media wants to do better, then up your game. Mm -hmm. You want to do better, be better. Yeah. And I don't believe that I, it's just no good. no good can come of censorship. I think that, you know, I think the market censors itself. A hundred percent. You know, if, if what you're doing is, is, is shit or it's in poor taste, then it's not going to fly. It's going to wither on the vine. So let the, you know, let the market, let the market take care of itself. But they don't like it because the market took care of them. So it makes them upset because they don't understand. Like, why can't we get people to like us? We have every uh, grown man that identifies as a penguin on the radio. <laughs> why, why don't people like us? It's like, people don't like that shit. It's, it's insane. People don't like that shit. And the majority of people at least don't like that shit. So they, they don't understand that they're out of touch and they're just pushing shit down people's throat that people don't like. And that's why no one's watching and no one's listening. But they can't get through their head. It's as if they think, if, we, if I block you from being a good athlete, I'm going to be number one. No. No. That's, that's, uh, you, I can't be a better athlete. It's just by, If I tell LeBron James to stop playing basketball, it's not going to make me a better basketball player. No, don't work like that. J.J. McCullough, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. I used to see him a lot on Twitter, and I haven't lately. I hadn't even thought of that name lately. What's he doing now? He's still on Twitter, but he's making those YouTube videos. Okay. He talks about Canada. I discovered him because he made a video about the history of flags. I, I said flags, by the way. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> either one I would have watched. Hey. But, uh, so... And I was so fascinated because I love that. I like history and I like, and he was talking about different provinces and all these videos about, he was really deep diving into Canada. Mm -hmm. And the way he talks, at first I thought it was a fake accent because he goes, a boot. You know, I was oh, like, yeah. Is, yeah, he has he's a real Canadian, full on Canadian, full -on Canadian. Yeah, was it Ottawa Valley boy or something? I think he's from BC. Oh, okay. Somewhere. And I 
growing up here being Greek and being Americanized, yeah. I don't have the Canadian accent. Right. So whenever I would hear it, I thought it was fake. Yeah. I thought it doesn't really exist. It's like a stereotype. And then I would hear people like him who speak like that about Canadian. Yeah, I don't hear a lot, though. Things. I don't hear a boot or hoose. It's I rare. Don't, I don't hear it a lot. You have to find people like him, real yeah. Canadians. Yeah. So I loved it. I was like, fuck, I like his accent. I, even though I thought it was fake, I enjoyed it. I love his content. And then I started to follow the guy. I really liked him. And I saw that when the Bill C-11 stuff came, he was one of the first people to be like, I'll go in front of parliament, I'll defend this, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll talk against, I'll, I'll, I'll speak about alternative media and why you need to get your hands off us. And I liked his balls. I love that. I love that he had the guts to be like, I'll jeopardize. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to stand up for what's right. Yeah. And he's he's well-spoken, and he's, he just seems like a really nice kid. He's like yeah. just a nice dude. I think he used to write for the Sun Media he wrote a lot. Chain, he, if I'm not mistaken, he contributes to a lot. I think he even contributes to Huffington Post, maybe New York Times. Is that also, right? yeah, Washington. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, a, he's yeah, very yeah, smart. Yeah, I've, yeah, very I've, smart. I've seen his byline in American in American papers in the Washington Post, I believe. Now yeah. that you mention it, yeah. But like I say, I haven't seen him pop up on my Twitter feed or X feed, if you will, in quite some time. So I wonder if he's getting throttled. He might actually. That's a. Good, he might be. I saw his video last night, and I was watching because he taped everything. He went to the in Gatineau to that hearing, and he's very good that he taped himself speaking after he got the videos that they shared online, so you could see the uh, the conversation between him and the people on the committee. Uh, he's very good at creating content, uh, and he's very honest too. He was talking about how I'm, I'm nervous right now. I'm hoping that they don't try to like bombard me and make me look stupid or anything. Like I don't know what they're planning. And then it's funny when you hear him talk, you realize that. Those old, the old women he was speaking to were the out of touch idiots. Yeah, and he was the only one that knew what he was talking about. And he never, he doesn't say it in the video. He he had, he said, "I hope that they don't make me look stupid." He never says, "Oh fuck!" At the end of the day, I was the only one that knew what I was talking. He doesn't say it, but just by seeing what's going on, you're like, right. "Oh, he's a little too nice." He was very nice to them. Yeah. Yeah. And what were they again? Were they a government committee? I think it was the CRTC people. Okay. Yeah, which is government. Yeah. But it's uh, a part of the government that uh, you saw that. C- I think you put on, on X or Twitter last week as well the, the uh, report on the CBC who called out her own boss. Yes. Yeah. That was, was Adri- Adrian Arsenault. Yeah. That was really something when they announced that, what is it, 600 job cuts, something like that? Yeah. And she said to the head of the CBC, a CBC anchor says to the head of the CBC on national television. So does this mean there aren't going to be any bonuses? Presumably, if you're cutting 600 jobs, there will be no bonuses this year. Because we uncovered, rather, (laughs) through discovery that last year, you guys gave millions in bonuses. Yeah. And you didn't announce it to anyone. And they had cuts last year, too, I think. And they still gave bonuses. And then, yeah, she didn't She, she didn't want to answer because obviously they're planning on giving bonuses. Yeah. Well, you could tell from her response, she was like the, uh, what's the expression, the kid with her hand in the cookie jar? It was, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I have a former, uh, a friend and a former colleague named Trish Wood, who has a podcast called Trish Wood is Critical. She used to work on the Fifth Estate. She worked on As It Happens at CBC. She was a big deal investigative journalist back in the 80s and 90s. I remember the Fifth Estate. Yeah. Yeah, she worked on the Fifth Estate. She was one of the reporters, and I think she co-hosted for a while. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I listen to her podcast all the time. It's really good. I liken it to uh, Eve being at a party and eavesdropping on the smartest people in the room. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to it because yeah. I, I used to that to me when I was young, that was journalism. Well, you would like Trish. And Trish, a lot of what I say about journalism and about how it used to be, they used to be the watchdogs and now they're just the gatekeepers for the elite. A lot of that, I'm parroting what she says and what a lot of her what a lot of her guests say. What's the podcast called? It's called Trish Wood is Critical. Trish Wood is Critical. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, she's very, she's very, very bright. She is a huge COVID skeptic. She thinks, uh, she thinks COVID and Fauci uh, was just a, just a complete fucking shambles. Well, we know now that that's the truth, but you couldn't say that two years ago. Yeah. Well, she was saying it two years ago. She wasn't, she wasn't shy about it at all. Neither were we. And it fucked up my YouTube channel, (laughs) (laughs) but she has, uh, she has complained multiple times on her podcast about being throttled on Twitter. And she even says, Elon, please, if you're listening, do something. Her tweets don't get amplified. And I've noticed that because I follow her on Twitter and I don't see her as much anymore. Her tweets don't get amplified the way that they that they used to. And she seems to feel uh, that it's because of her, uh, where she stands ideologically, that she's being suppressed. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. It's crazy that we, you when you were younger, and you were experiencing radio for the first years, and uh, you start to connect to government. Like, because when you go into radio, that's when I'm guessing you start to first the first time they start to speak to, let's say, bigger names or government officials. And yeah. You start to know these people. Yeah. Did, what was your perception then of everything? Did you feel like all right, there's something nefarious here, or did you feel like it was all kind of a sham? They were all just people. I was very naive, and I just took everybody at their word. Yeah, and young. that's why I didn't make a very good reporter. I was not a great news reporter because I I didn't have uh, I didn't have that bulldog in me, and I didn't have that you know the nose for for bullshit. I would just you know I'd interview someone and they'd give me their answer, and I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, guy's full of blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, did you murder her? He's like, nah. Yeah, and you're like, all right, checks out. Yeah, checks so out. I was lucky. I, I I moved into sports, and then from sports, I moved in onto the sort of the hosting aspect of uh, hosting my own my own radio show or co-hosting with Terry, which is which is where I'm a I'm a much better fit. I was a shit journalist. Yeah, I'd rather hear you actually shoot the shit. Yeah, than investigate. No, no, no. I don't. I just don't have uh, that. That takes a special talent, and I don't have it. But Trish does. Yeah, you'd like her podcast a lot. She's really good. She's really, really smart. Really smart. I'm going to check right after this. I'm actually, I'm very interested. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, and the fact that she's not getting amplified sucks, but I see yeah. it with everyone. It happens to me too. I ruined my, um, I ruined all my social media and my YouTube because during COVID we wouldn't shut up. So uh, we got. Uh, I'm shadow banned on Instagram. I used to get, I used to get like uh Somewhere like two to three thousand of views of my stories. Now I get. I'm lucky if I get 150. Really? Eh? Yeah. 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 I used to get two to three thousand people viewing my stories on a daily basis. Danny Polchuk got his uh, his Instagram. I think three times in a row in the last two months suspended and then permanently deleted. And why? He's fucking hilarious. He's hilarious. But they will take his jokes and they go, "This is hate speech." This oh, is fuck off. I'm telling you, it's real. Just like me with. TikTok now that they suppressed my video, they said that the Alex Jones video game, I posted a reaction to the trailer that they said that that's hate speech. And I asked him to verify if someone manually looked and said, yep, this is hate speech. You have a strike, a guideline strike. It's, it's lunacy. It's lunacy. He's hilarious and smart funny. You know what? They, the, Are you about Danny Polchuk or Alex Jones? Danny Polchuk. Okay. They're yeah, both hilarious. They, though. Yeah, in their own way, yeah. But they would consider they... Um, you know the 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 overseers, the the watchdogs. They would consider him dangerous because yeah. he's funny and smart, and he he calls them out on their shit and that's does like it in him. a funny, smart way. And that's why that's why anybody would like him. That's a shame. That's a goddamn shame. We got to start electing people uh, uh, who uh, who think the way that we think. Either that, or what? there needs to be some kind. Of, we got to have a takeover. No, it's not even the election anymore because we don't know who's. So let's say Instagram has like a, a thousand employees. Yeah, we don't know who's there at that one moment that gets the the report from the algorithm that says this is hate speech. They look at it and they're like, I don't know. Well, who this you, guy. But what I'm saying is, you have to elect people who are going to legislate. Yeah, uh, legislate away from hate speech, away from the ability to just arbitrarily declare anything hate speech. That's horseshit. It's insane, and you, people don't see the dark side of how. Like, this is bad. I know some people agree with it. They're like, no, we should. But it's. I think it's because you're not looking far enough ahead no, to and see I that think, this is a terrible road to go and down. I, and I think the majority of people disagree with it and think the way that we think. But they're just, it, it's the, you know, it's it's the censors or the censorship-minded ones who are more activist 
and proactive while the rest of us just go, oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to try to live my life. Yeah, we let it happen, you know. But I think that I think the majority of people um, feel the way that we feel about it. I really do. I can't believe that Instagram banned what's his last name again? Polichuk. Yeah, he's the guy who works with uh, Ryan. Ryan Long. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Those guys are a fucking scream. They're hilarious, and they're they're Canadian boys. They're from yeah, Toronto. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. they're brilliant. They're, they're good. brilliantly they're good funny. Dudes, yeah. yeah. If we're suppressing people like that, we're headed down the wrong road. I'm trying to find an excuse, actually, to bring Danny up here to do a show. Yeah, do you know him? Uh, Yeah, yeah, he's been on the Penthouse podcast. Nice. Um, uh, I liked him from when I started seeing the videos, and then I forgot who I was speaking to. I was speaking to a comedian from Toronto who's like, yeah, dude, they're both Canadian, and you'd like if you were together with him, you'd fucking love them. They're crazy like you. So then I was watching their content, and I was like, oh, yeah, these are our guys. I'm so happy they moved to New York, you know, just so that they can get their comedy out. They're not going to get censored every two seconds. They're not going to get... Um, so I really, really like him. I'm trying to bring him um, to Montreal to do shows. It's just hard to find a place on the weekend here because, like, let's say the Bordel, we have English shows, but on Tuesdays. Yeah. So, and there's no other club big because I want to bring him to a big club. He deserves, like, a good yeah. venue. Yeah. But I'm going to figure something out. Um, Joey's show at the Bordel. Joey did an hour, right? Or, yeah, Joey or did an hour. He had a lot doing? of fun. Did he do it already? He did it already Was last that month. a Tuesday night? It was Tuesday night, it yeah, was. right before the regular show, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And how did it go? He had a great time. Yeah. It was a little bit of mix-up because of the article that was written with the tickets. So people bought, because uh, the article, uh, <laughs> Brownstein didn't want to, ch- I told him to put the times, but he didn't want to put the times. He just put seven, I think, for everything or nine for everything. Yeah. But Joey's was at seven. So a lot of people bought, like, we had a lot more people than usual at the 915 show because that got mixed up. Some people thought oh, they, and they thought the Joey was going to be then? Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but I That's knew it bad. happened. I, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, Bill didn't. He was like, did, no, no, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. But I was like, I don't think people will figure it out. Did Mike do a set that night? Yeah, on uh, after on my show he did. Okay, a set, well yeah. that's good. That would make up a little bit for missing Joey to have oh, yeah. Mike Ward come out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, they had a great time. Yeah. It was a good show. Yeah. That's they were both uh, good shows. Yeah, the couple of times that you've had me down there, I've really enjoyed that. That's really. Uh, it's a great room. Yeah, and it's it's really cool for for. You know, an older English guy like me to get up there and to be able to connect with a young francophone audience and have them laugh at my shit. It's a, it's a good feeling. You the know? problem is the Anglo, the older Anglos, even the younger Anglos don't come. They're still not coming. They eh? don't support. Fuck. They don't support. And there's a little clip I posted of Josh Shapiro talking about that. And he admits it. He goes, Montreal has that hater mentality. They will not support artists for some fucking reason here in English unless they blow up somewhere else first. They will not support them. They don't take them serious. They will not support them. And if they blow up somewhere else, they'll like they go to the states. They blow up. They'll be like, "That's our guy. He's from my neighborhood." But now, if they're here and they're just as good, they're gonna be like, "What do I care about that guy? He's from my neighborhood." Uh, I don't know why we're like this in this fucking that city. That is so disappointing. Yeah, that's so disappointing. I was gonna ask you if it's, if it's maybe just people just don't know yet. No, that, a lot of people know, but people it, we, know that there's English comedy at people the know. I mean, Tuesday night. Not everyone in the city is going to know, but yeah, we, yeah. you know, I've run, I've run ads. Uh, we've been in the Gazette. I did that article two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And I've known for years, though. Every artist I speak to, whether they're musicians, comedians, they all say the same thing that they don't get. It's very hard to get support here, in Montreal, and they see it when they go to other cities. The difference, you know, like let's, I don't know, look at Motley Crue for example. Mm-hmm. They, when they were in LA, when they were starting out, they were an important part of that music scene. This is just an example throwing out that they weren't like, ah, fuck, they're locals. It was yeah. the opposite. Same thing with Metallica at the, the Bay Area. Like people loved it because it was from there. They, and were, they were embraced supporting by it. their own community. Yeah. Not, yeah. not in, not English Montrealers don't have that. The majority of them. No one takes them serious. And wow. then if they blow up somewhere else, then right away they get the messages. I remember you. Oh, fuck. Yeah. There, must be a, uh, there must be a dime store psychology explanation for that. I don't know what it would be, I but there's got to be, be something. I mean, English Montreal is a very unique community that lives in a very unique circumstance. And the answer is probably in there somewhere. Yeah. But whatever it is, that's, that's unfortunate. That's, uh, you know, that to me, that's such a great, I mean... Not only like going on stage is, at the bordel is such a privilege, but just just being in the milieu, just being in the room, it's such a unique Montreal experience. Like you don't get that anywhere else. It just, yeah. I feel like you know, it's like being in a movie or something. You yeah, know? It's, it's a just, great place. Yeah, it's just such a great vibe. It's such a great unique vibe, and it's just it's disappointing. Sometimes we don't know how good we've got it. You know, 
And that might be that might be part of it. And there's so many good young comics here. There's so many that Harrison, deserve. Harrison's Harrison. amazing. Who's the guy? Uh, 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 lag, lag, lag. Oh, Quinn Lagoo. Quinn Lagoo. Quinn Lagoo's amazing. I bring he him. Fucking killed me that night. He was fantastic. Yeah. And what a set of pipes. That guy should be reading commercials. On I told the radio. him. Yeah, he has a great voice. Holy yeah. fuck, he's got a voice. But these guys, I, I'm not putting them up or nothing. They're all and the women that like they're all funny comics. That don't have it, they don't get any exposure. In another city, if they were as talented and they were part of the milieu, let's say, they'd get attention because there'd be other outlets. Let's say you're in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should go to late night because it sucks, but you would have an opportunity being that funny to write for late night, to perform. Or, there'd be another way out. Here, there aren't any. And especially when the locals don't give a fuck about you, it's very rare unless you're a comedy nerd. It makes it super hard and disheartening because guys like Harrison, I don't want Harrison to stop. Harrison, no, Harrison's brilliant. Harrison's one of my favorites. Yeah. So I try my best to bring him to as many shows as I can, motivate him, um, keep his head up. Uh, but I know that it's insane, this city. I know that if I hadn't uh, teamed up with Mike, if I hadn't gone on Rogan, I know that it would have been a million times harder for me too. Yeah. I know that. I'm, I'm yeah. well, I'm very uh, That's true. self-aware. You've been able to break through to the next level. Uh, does Harrison make a living doing uh, comedy? Do you know? Does he does he do other stuff outside of comedy, or do you know? It's but it's everyone like he does, I guess. But it's, it must be tight. Yeah, you know, you'll have to do some extra stuff. Does he does he work other markets? Does he go to Ottawa? Does he go to Toronto? Yeah, they go from time to time. Yeah, but it's not. I'm I'm trying actually right now to build a circuit to get them all around. Okay, I'm trying to like pave the way and be like, okay, I went here. You could trust me. I'll bring this guy. But even that's difficult too. How's Toronto as a as a market to start out as a comedian? Toronto's expensive, but mm-hmm. they have a good comedy scene. They have good uh, comedy clubs and good support. From what I hear, like uh, the the best person to speak to right now would be Michelle, because uh, she's down there. She lives uh, half the time there and half the time here. Who's that, Michelle? Uh, Michelle Forrester. She's okay. a she's a comic. She's uh, she has a show on the Pentel's uh, Comedy Network oh, okay. too. Um, she did uh, Young Guns. What well, what is it the What's the young gun at the Just for Laughs? What's new it fa- called? New, new faces? faces. So the uh, new faces is here. Very funny. Uh, she talks about it. I mean, it's like every other scene is clicky. So you have to get in at some point. If yeah. they don't know you, it's going to be difficult. Right. But at least there, you there's a market. So you'll have, they don't, they're not really big on podcasts, which if they would get started on podcasts, it would be better for them too. But I, let's say you're in Toronto, you have a lot of different places to play. You have a lot more people. Uh, the, uh, you also have, TV that's being filmed there. You could do commercials. Whereas right. here, we don't have that anymore yeah. in English. Yeah, that's true. Eh? So it's not like you could write on a TV show if you're here in English. So they have more outlets there. So comedy, like you see, look at Ryan Long, Danny, but like you can build something there, get good, and then leave, go to a bigger city if you want. But you could get something out of it there. Whereas here, it's very, very difficult. What a shame. Yeah. yeah. Maybe something will switch in the next couple of years, the next yet, generation. Here we are, home of the biggest comedy festival in the world. Yeah, but we don't get... Like, the festival itself doesn't really do anything for Montreal. Yeah. For the Montreal comics. No, I understand that. Yeah. It's just the, I'm just... It would be good if they the, did. The irony of it, you know? But the questions I've asked... I, but I've asked uh, Bruce, too, and he says something smart. He goes, tell me, what could the festival do? Yeah. You know? And apart from putting them up uh, on shows, maybe getting... I don't know. Maybe getting uh, Montreal comics some exposure on uh, something international... What else could they do, really? You know, you can't force people to go out. No. So it's a tricky thing, but it's a very unique city in in the sense that it doesn't give a fuck about its own. Yeah, that and that's a shame. That's really a shame. Are we like that in the uh, in the other arts? Are we like that in music? From the English musicians I speak to, that's what they tell me. Yeah. Yeah, I've spoken to a couple of artists about it, and. Even uh, Justin from Orchid, who does the intro for this, mm-hmm. says the same thing. Yeah, he goes, "Dude, I've always had to, when we were on tour, they were opening for a, another like a big band. People were so much friendlier, nicer, buying their merch, want to check them out, love what they were doing." He goes, "In the second we'd be the tour would come to Montreal and uh, we'd perform here, the second they'd find out we're from Montreal, people didn't give a fuck." He goes, "It's crazy. It has nothing to do with your talent. It has nothing to do with your. It's just the fact that you're from here. People dismiss you, which is." A weird self sabotage mentality that it we really have. It really is, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like it's like we're a big city, but like with a small, small town mentality. Yeah, small no shit, eh? yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have the the feeling of if I find out somebody like next to me is doing something, I'd be like, oh shit, this is amazing. He's from here. 
Yeah. Yeah, but apparently the, the what's happening is more like, hey, so I'm from here too. It's a big deal. And has <laughs> it been f- like that for as long as you can remember? As long as I can remember, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's always been like that in, in my time. I thought it was just for comedy initially. I thought it was just English comedy doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. And then when I was speaking to musicians, it was the same. I know a lot of musicians. Same well, for them. it must have something to do. Here's my dime store psychology take on it. It's got something to do with English Montreal's inferiority complex. It has that, yeah, right? Yeah, it's that's what it smacks of. You know, if you're from here, then you yeah you, know, you can't be any you can't be any good if you're from here. Has Much, it always been like that? When you- well, well I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I didn't really know much about the comedy scene uh, up until the last number of years, and I I'm not immersed enough in the comedy scene that that I'm have become aware of what you've just uh, explained to me. So. Um, but yeah, probably, I guess, yeah, maybe there are always, ha- I think there's, there's always been, uh, for as long as I can remember, and I've lived here for about 35 years now, closer to 40, actually, there's been, a an inferiority complex vis-a-vis Toronto because yeah. Toronto has really taken off and become a world-class city. And, you know, 30 years ago, massive. People- yeah, 30 years ago, people would say, oh, fucking Toronto, they roll up the sidewalks at, uh, you know, 9 o'clock at night and nobody does anything and it's really boring. No, it's not. Not anymore. No, it's not. No. No, my son Sam is there and he's never coming back. He's, no, no, dude, he's we, never coming back. Did shows in the summer with Mike and him too. He hadn't been there in years. Same for me. And the last time I went, went was 2017, I believe, and it was winter. I didn't get to do a lot. I went there for just to like support one of my buddies at a movie premiere. In the summer, we both looked at each other, and Mike's like, fuck. <laughs> this is a real city. Yeah, fucking right, Like, this man. is a yeah. real city. Yeah, it's got a New York vibe. Yeah. It really does. Tell me this. Why is Mike not as big across the country as he is in Quebec? Is that by choice, because he chooses to, to focus his career on Quebec? Because he could be. He could He's be. He's just as funny in English as he is in French, no? Yeah, uh, well, his, I remember speaking to him a while back about that. It's, you know, he, was, he built everything here as the biggest show. Yeah. Uh, and then with two drink minimum, it was kind of an English outlet, but we started off on compound. So it was, instead of us focusing on Canada, we focused on the U S which right. is good. Cause I got a lot of, uh, like fans from Texas, New York, Philly, which to yeah. me was amazing for him too. And now we've been talking about this for a while of maybe doing a Canadian tour. Cause Chris Ramsey is part of a two drink minimum now as well. So we're thinking a regular part. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, he's, cool. he's, he's a host. It's me, Mike, uh, Chris Ramsey and, uh, that guy, that, over, there? That guy over there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's fantastic. It's a lunatic. It's a Canadian yeah. supergroup. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So we're thinking of maybe doing a tour of comedy, magic, two drink, event, like all all together mm-hmm. at uh, in Canada, just to see fans. Because we, I know we have fans all over Canada, but we never go. Yeah, we ne- even in Toronto when Mike went in the summer, it was like fuck. It's weird. You know, he has so many fans of his own French podcast that live in Toronto, but then there was also two drink minimum fans that are Angles that just love him. In English, right, and and I guess even for him, it must have been cool to see. So a lot of ex francophone, uh, francophone ex Quebecers who live in Toronto. Oh yeah, really? Eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And they consume both cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's That's, huge. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, and and the nicest guy too. That's what I love about He's Mike. The best guy in showbiz. Yeah, guys like that who have this enormous success and they're just so grounded and nice. You know, that's so gratifying. When you uh, when you when you meet guys like that and get to know them, it's just I, I love that. I if we had five more of him yeah. and we could put them in different like political positions, yeah. we'd be fine. <laughs> we'd be great. That's what we'll do. We'll clone Mike. Yeah, if we had if we had five mics, yeah. but they're all in different. One is in the arts. The other one, look, you got to take care of healthcare. You got we'd yeah. be we'd be fine. We'd be fine. The country we would have work. The funniest healthcare system. Yeah. Let me tell you my healthcare system story. I woke up the other night. Uh, Wednesday night, I went to bed, felt like a million bucks. I fucking, okay. I worked out. I felt great. Thursday morning, the alarm goes off at 3.30 for me to get up and go to the radio show. And I wake up and I go, holy fuck. Oh. bit my tongue in my sleep. I go into the bathroom. My cheek is all purple. And I'm brushing my teeth and I'm spitting out blood. And I'm like, holy fuck, what the fuck happened? So I call, I, and I talk like this. I couldn't talk. So you bit your tongue and your cheek. I bit my tongue and my cheek. And so I call in sick to uh, to work to say, listen, I can't come in today because I can't talk and, and I'm bleeding from my mouth. So I think maybe I should go to emergency and, and get them to have a look at it. So Fuck. I get to emergency at Lakeshore at 4.30 in the morning. And I think to myself, 
it's pretty much the middle of the night. I shouldn't have to wait too long to, to see a doctor. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so I, Welcome I, to Canada. Yeah, I sit there I sit there for three hours or two and a half hours, and at 7 o'clock I think, oh, fuck, man, this is taking a long time. Maybe there's something. Uh, if only there was some sort of an electronic information portal that I could consult to see what the waiting time is. So I go online, and uh, they've got all the waiting times. For oh, nice. Estimated waiting times for hospitals. Uh, Lakeshore is at 150% capacity, the, the emergency, and the wait, the average wait time is seven and a half hours. And by the way, 150% capacity, that means that you were uh, nine people? Something like, well, there, was, there, were, there weren't that many sitting in the waiting it's, area. That's the uh, one thing that people never discuss that I wish we talked about more. They always talk about how we're over capacity. The problem is also the fact that our capacity is so low. Fuck all, it's yeah. insane. Well, because everyone's fucking off to Ontario. Yeah. I, I don't blame the doctors had, and the nurses. We people, treat them like shit. I had people tell me, more than one person say to me, you should have gotten your car and drove to Hawkesbury. <laughs> Seriously. That's, I hear that all the time. Go to the hospital in Hawkesbury, and they'll, uh, they'll take care of you pretty much right away. And I, after I read this seven-and-a-half-hour thing, I went, I went over to the nursing station, and I said to the guy, you know, says here seven-and-a-half hours, and he goes, yeah, more or less. And I thought, well, you know what? I've had a good run. <laughs> I don't know what ate me, but I'm dying. Yeah, yeah. No, I went. I went home, and uh, I, um, um, I, I don't know what. I don't know if someone suggested that I go get a blood test, but I, uh, I went to a, a private clinic to see if I could get a blood test, but I needed a requisition form. I hate those from things. a doctor. So I finally I saw my doctor yesterday, and he said, you know. You bit your tongue, you bit your cheek, you're going to be okay, uh, but let's run, do some blood work just to just to make sure that uh, everything's uh, as it should be. So I went on uh, Click Sante today to make a, an appointment for uh, a blood test. This century? Yeah. <laughs> Barely. You're optimistic. Yeah. Okay, today's the, uh, I don't know what day uh, this is going to... Um, today is, the, I think, the 11th. It's the 12th. It's the 12th. Yeah. Of December. Yeah. I can get into Lakeshore to get a blood test January 31st. Oh, okay. Good. Like an aristocrat. I yeah. like that. Right? <laughs> Front of the line. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to a private clinic and, and get it done. And then uh, maybe my, uh, my, my work uh, insurance will cover it. But uh, holy fuck, I don't remember this from before. This, is this new? <laughs> this? Like is the, uh, the healthcare system's a disaster. All of our systems are a disaster. This is, this is uh, socialism. That's what it is. Yeah. It's good on paper. It's good in the beginning. And then the wheels come off. Nobody wants to work. We don't put money into the right places. Our money should be going in a society with the amount of taxes we pay. The first people that should be getting paid right now are teachers, doctors, nurses. And they're all the, they're the ones on strike. They're the ones that we're not taking care of. Yeah. Infrastructure first should go again. Hospitals and schools. That's the first infrastructure you should take care of. We, they're the last that we take care well, of. Who's getting all the money? Uh, Somebody's getting it. Well, we have more elected officials than we know what to yeah, do with. That's true too. So everyone needs to get paid. And didn't they give themselves? Didn't the uh, bonuses Quebec and the raises? Members, Quebec members of the legislature, I think, recently gave themselves a thirty percent, three zero percent raise. Yeah. Come on, fuck. But if you say this to the normies, they disagree. They say no, it's perfectly fine. Best healthcare system on the planet. Yeah, horse shit. I uh, will say this though. Uh, I was diagnosed with rectal cancer in 2015 and uh i um underwent radiation therapy and they took really good care of me and i was within a year and a bit i was in remission nice and everybody on the front lines like the the bureaucracy is a nightmare nightmare but everybody on the front lines was really good and and took really good care of me and they continue to follow up with me like i still hear from them you know every once in a while i'll get a call and mr bird it's time for dr lieberman to stick a camera up your arsehole again and boldly go where no man has gone before now imagine these guys with additional support monetarily at, at, uh people uh, how much better it would be yeah imagine if they had the support that they deserve yeah, yeah we don't take care of the people we should be taking care of it's crazy yeah yeah. Well, again, I'm uh, you know I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning, and I feel bad for you know for for younger folks who who as they get older are going to face health challenges that are going to require health care, and 
it's not going to be available to them in a timely fashion unless they go private. And I think increasingly you're going to see people who can afford to go down that road. I mean, on the bright side, they will have that beautiful giant ring downtown that they could look at. That costs a couple million dollars. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know. You look, they can look through it at what the future could have been. That's what your asshole is going to look like. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's so insane. Like a, a lot of the stuff I think is going to be viewed in history books if we survive in a couple hundred years. And then be like, what a dumb, what a dumb generation. Yeah. Yeah. They had it all. And they let it slip through their fingers. Yeah. Uh, Probably it took a drama teacher to come destroy a country. Jesus Murphy, I feel I feel bad because he's Terry's friend and Terry's my friend. You yeah. know, it's hard to have that. Uh, well, we we don't have that conversation. No, no, you, you do better than I do. Yeah. I, I, I give Matt a go. Terry, call call your fucking friend. <laughs> Tell Justin. <laughs> yeah, although you know Terry, to his credit, Terry, um, you know, he just, uh, Terry being Terry DeMonte, my longtime radio partner, who's been a friend of Justin Trudeau's for 30 plus years. Uh, Terry will call him out on his bullshit. Terry says he doesn't agree with, with a lot of, of Justin's politics and ideology. And I met the guy before. Nice enough guy. I met him uh, yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. He, he did. Uh, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but I'll give him credit for one badass move he did towards me. He's aware. He knows I don't like him. Um, but one time, when I was on Compound Media early on, I made fun of him. I destroyed him. Yeah. On the Anthony Cumia show. I was in New York. I get home the next day. It was around my birthday. Uh, this is not even, I'm not exaggerating. The next day, I get back home. I get a Christmas card signed by Trudeau. And I've never before or after ever gotten another card. I just got a, a, a happy birthday card then, right after I was destroying him. And I was like, is he, this guy telling me, like, shut the fuck up? Yeah. Like I, and I was like, God damn, just, that's how, if this is on purpose, because it's either the biggest coincidence or the balls on, like, I, I appreciated the gangsterism of that. Yeah, movie. it sounds to me like he was saying, I heard you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's such a good, it's such a solid was move. Was he prime minister at the time? Yeah. He was, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. I, I, I and nothing, to, nothing since, eh? Nothing since, nothing before. It's not like I was on his mailing list for birthdays. It was right. just that one time yeah, I talked yeah, shit yeah. about him. I get back from New York. <laughs> I was like, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, and funny. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, this guy's a gangster. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that I appreciate. The rest, you know, destroying the country, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. But, but I appreciated him. Just, like, it's a cool move. Yeah. I've got to be honest. Well, gangster is a perfect description That's for a good it. move. Yeah, yeah. Right? We can appreciate the gangster. You're fucking right. Yeah, so I like that move. But everything else he's done, hated it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not a big fan. Uh, he's his father's. Well, he's his father's son, but he's also his mother's son in many ways as well. I don't think he has his father's intellect um, by any stretch of the imagination. No, um, yeah. I don't have my mom's either. I wish I had my mom's intellect. Yeah, uh, she's a smart one. Is she? Yeah, uh, very sharp. Yeah, a lit match. Is that right? I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's very very quick. Yeah, how old's your mom? Uh, now my mom is 70, she's going to be 74 okay. in, in March. Yeah. yeah. Your dad's still alive? Yeah. Yeah. He's in Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in Greece. Yeah. Oh, cool. Where is he? In Crete. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are you doing here? Why aren't you over there? Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I like to work. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. There's not, I mean, I, if I go to, I would have to live a completely different lifestyle. Oh, I'm sure. Unless I go to Athens, I try to become a podcaster there, a comedian, yeah. but I, I, the idea of starting over scares the shit out of me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on the islands, it's a very different lifestyle than it is, uh, in Athens. Yeah. in the islands, you could have a good life if you like, it's calm, tranquil. I, I could do like something in tourism or restaurants, right. but I worked so hard to build all this. Yeah. I don't well, want to yeah, go back yeah, to yeah, restaurants. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. But do you ever go over and see your dad? Yeah. 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 I, I've been, yeah. 2017, uh, was the last time that I hung out with him when I was there, uh, yeah, 2017. I went back last year, but I didn't go to Crete. Okay. I just went for two weeks. I just stayed in Athens, which yeah. was fun. It was real. I could just hung out. Can you do uh, any uh, war tourism in uh, in Crete, World War Two? Because there's a big battle in Crete in World yeah, War the, Two. The, the yeah. fucking Germans yeah. parach- parachuted in there, and there was a hell of a battle. Yeah, they, they killed must have them. a museum, do they? Operation Mercury. Yeah, they have a few of them. Uh, it was Operation Mercury. It was because of that that the Nazis stopped using paratroopers. Because the Cretan ladies and men uh, slaughtered them. Really? Yep. Yeah. What happened was 
uh, he liked using paratroopers. And I don't know what the hell happened in the rest of Europe, how people were this stupid. But <laughs> they knew that the Cretans weren't really equipped. They didn't have weapons. But they were sa- the Cretans are savages. They're the Texans of Greece. Is that right? So they were. They saw them falling, and they're looking at these people parachuting, these Nazis. Mm. Like, fuck these douchebags. So what they're doing is <laughs> they were taking whatever weapons they had, even the old ladies, even pitchforks. And as they're landing, they would just fuck. kill them, steal their guns, and then shoot the other ones coming down. They were floating ducks. So they slaughtered them, and then they're like, okay, we're going to stop using paratroopers because these goddamn Greeks. And uh, then it was guerrilla warfare. Yeah. It was, they were in the mountains hiding, waiting at night, going. They kidnapped the German officials. The, 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 the Cretans well, were, were not some, to be fucked with. And There were some pretty serious reprisals, too. Though. Oh, yeah, they, they yeah. slaughtered villages. They burned yeah. villages down. And the reason why they hated them, too, was because uh, they could normally, a- anywhere else in Greece, you knew kind of, okay, the children, the old ladies, like they don't pose a threat. And in Crete, it was the opposite. Old ladies, you see them walking like this, and then the second they got the chance, they'd pull out a fucking gun. They would stab Jesus. them. They, so they didn't know what to do. They're like, fuck these people. And uh, yeah. And so is, is... Warrior culture. Is Crete a, a German tourist destination post-war? A lot or? of Germans go there. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Russians. A lot of Russians, too. Yeah. 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 A lot of Russians go to Crete. Interesting. Yeah. So the Cretans have let bygones be bygones? Yeah, they don't give a shit. They, yeah. They'll bang it's, Well, it's 80 years ago, so most of the people who are alive then are, are gone now. Yeah, there. That I like that because that's how I am as well. I I don't believe in blaming the kid for the sins of the father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like that at all. Yeah. And I know a lot of people do that now. That's part of what's happening now with the protests with Israel Palestine. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Which is crazy. Yeah. You, you know. So I do not like. Uh, like I can't. If you do something bad, I can't put on your son. That's no. crazy. Because if people did that to me, what if what if they did that to me? Yeah. My dad wasn't always good. He wasn't a saint. I don't want to pay for his shit. I made my own decisions. I'm going to pay for my shit. But Ted's Keep, always fun having you around. Well, thank you for having me. If anybody doesn't know, uh, Standing By is on this very network, so it's very easy to get it. Standing By, you and Terry, uh, what a podcast. I still, who, and I don't know if it was Phil. Someone told me something yesterday I wanted to bring up to you today, and I forgot who the fuck said something about you. Like, um, yeah, I've been listening to the morning show. Oh, Homer. Homer's like, I've been listening to the morning show. Fuck, man. Uh, Ted Burry's great. He's, he's, he's the funniest guy in there. Like, he's a great guy. And I was like... He's a professional. He's the only real broadcaster. <laughs> like you're saying it like he just started, like you're practicing, like he just went to an open mic. And he's like, this guy's well, funny. Well, maybe I'm new to him. That's what it is. Yeah. So like, it's fucking amazing. Oh, so, cool. Uh, Homer. The, Homer, yeah. Yeah. And he watches the morning. He checks everything out, but he watches the morning show live. So you could shout him out. Oh, cool. Watches all the shows. All right. We'll uh, do. I talk about him on stage too, Homer. I got some good bits about him. Uh, what so, a great name that is. That's very Greek, eh? Very super Greek. Doesn't get much more Greek than Homer. No, it's, it's Homer and Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you got standing by. You're on light. Uh, you have uh, the morning show, which is great to have yeah. you live here. That's, I'm really enjoying that. That's a lot of fun to do that show with Poseidon and, and with George. We have, uh, I think we laugh harder every week, don't we, Poseidon? Yes. Yeah, yeah. getting more of, comfortable. Lots yeah. of belly laughs. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And uh, you're active on X slash Twitter. I am. The links are in the description. Hopefully, if people didn't know, now they do and they can follow you. God love you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Ted. We built this prison cell because we can't trust ourselves. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.